I love this epistle lesson that we have today. So you get context. In the beginning, you, O Lord, founded the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will grow old like a garment, like a mantle. You will roll them up, and they will be changed. But thou art the same, and thy years will never end. Now, here's where you need to start hanging on, particularly. But to what angel has he ever said... Now, this is the Father who is doing this speaking. God the Father. But to what angel has he, that should be capitalized, ever said, sit at my right hand till I make thy enemies a footstool for thy feet. The word angel there, that's not an important, but it's certainly important that the Father says to someone, sit at my right hand till I make thy enemies a footstool for thy feet. Now, he's going to talk about angels again, says this writer to the Hebrews. Are they, that is the angels, not all sent as ministering spirits? Are they not sent forth to serve for the sake of those who are to obtain salvation. That's we. We're the ones who are to obtain salvation, and the angels are sent forth to take care of us. Isn't that nice? You remember your baptism? No, you don't remember your baptism, do you? Not most of you. Well, if you were to remember your baptism, and if you listen, you got an angel assigned to you, right? Didn't you have that? It says we assign a, ho a holy angel gets assigned, and angels do a whole lot more. It takes a half dozen to take care of some of you. Now, with this in mind, the angel business, therefore, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard. Again, we must pay closer attention to what we have heard, lest we drift away from it. For if the word, for if the message should be word, for if the message declared by angels was valid, terrible translation. I'll give you a better one in a minute. For if the word or the message declared by angels was valid and every transgression or disobedience received a just retribution, how shall we escape if we neglect such a great salvation? It was declared at first by the Lord and was attested to us by those who heard him. Now, just so you get the context, what's this angel business about? First of all, in the whole context, the point he's trying to make is that the father said to the son, sit at my right hand until I make uh, your enemies a footstool for your feet. I mean, the Lord ascended into heaven and he sat down at the right hand of the father and the father says, sit there at my right hand till I make your enemies a footstool for my feet. And what's being in the intention of the passage here, which I'm not preaching about today, but you need the context for what I'm going to preach about. The intention here is he is demonstrating, the writer is demonstrating the deity of Christ. He's higher than an angel. He's certainly not, a, not lower than an angel. Whom did the, did the Father ever say to any angel, did he say, sit at my right hand? No, he's demonstrating the one who's sitting at his right hand is his own son, God incarnate in the flesh. Okay, now that's very important, and it's more important in some sense as far as the passage than what I'm about today. But for you, what's important today is this business. For if the word spoken by angels... Yeah, I memorized this when I was a little kid. It's hard for me to read it in another translation. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, 
And every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which at the first was spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by them that heard him? What's the angel business? Here's what the angel business is. The Ten Commandments, the law in the Old Testament was given to Moses by angels. Every knowledgeable Jew understood that. What's being talked about here is if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, what's he talking about? The Old Testament law. If that was steadfast, and I'll give you a better valid, that's terrible. I don't know where they came up with that. Never did like that. From the number one lexicon that's used in all the world, it doesn't even mention valid in the context, in, in its definitions. If the word spoken by angels, that is, if what was spoken by the angels to Moses, the whole Old Testament law, and then every transgression and disobedience to what? To what was spoken by the angels to Moses and given as a law to the people. If the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense. Now, this is an if clause. This is a conditional clause. I told you before, we have first, second, and third class conditions. This happens to be a first class condition. That's the highest you can get, the most sure. If this, then this. If this is true, this is true. If the word spoken by angels was steadfast in every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense, how shall we escape? Now, this is the other side of the condition. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which was spoken by whom? By angels? Was spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to unto us by those who heard him. Okay, so there's a comparison going on. The words spoken by angels, the Old Testament law, and the violation of that caused humongous problems. And then, that which was spoken by the Lord and was confirmed by those who heard him. Now let's work with this a little bit. Some of you know that I've done a great deal of work over the last four years, four and a half now, on the Old Testament study Bible, and part of my job was first to do Leviticus, and since then I have had to work out of the uh, Greek text on everything from Joshua on through Malachi. And so I've spent a great deal of time over the last four and a half years being astonished at how quickly the word spoken by angels was violated. That is that Mosaic law. God made a covenant with Israel. And, you know, folks, this is astonishing. They, they'd be hammered that Israel would just get hammered and a prophet would be raised up and the prophet would say, this is what he said was going to happen and you better repent or else you're going to suffer and over and over again. And what astonished me as I went through this, sometimes between the time some huge calamity would befall Israel and it was demonstrated thus and, and a prophet, the prophets talked about it, they foretold it and then they said, told you so, told you so. It would be a matter of sometimes 10 or 15 years before they did it again. Absolutely incredible and you'd say, didn't they ever learn? And the answer is no. 
Now, well, we're not talking about them today. We're talking about something else. If that word spoken by angels was steadfast, I told you I would give you a better translation of that. This is what the lexicon says. That word doesn't mean valid. It means pertaining to that which is known with certainty. Known to be true. Certain. Verified. Whoa, that doesn't sound like valid, does it? Much, much stronger word. And then the lexicon actually gives an illustration, and in its illustration, it uses Hebrews 2.2, 2, the one we're reading today. And it says, For if the message given by angels was known to be true, shown to be true, okay, if that was known to be true, shown to be true, then what are we going to do with that which was spoken by the Lord? Well, here's the comparison, or here's the contrast. If the word given by the angels in the Old Testament is true, then what about this that was spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to unto us by those who heard him? Now that's the setup. Now the issue. How shall we escape? How shall we escape if those who heard the old, which was shown to be absolutely true, if, that, if they didn't escape when they violated what they were given, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Now here's the word I want to work with today, and it's the heart of this homily. Neglect. How shall we escape? It doesn't say if we do the same thing. It says how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation. In the Old Testament, you know what they did? You say, well, they didn't keep the Ten Commandments. Well, that's sort of right. I'll tell you what they did. In the Old Testament, this is what got Israel in trouble all the time. They just neglected the law. They just didn't pay any attention. They got caught up into planting and harvesting. They got caught up into... into you, you know what the Lord complains about over and over again to Israel? He says, first of all, I told you not to marry outsiders. And you've been doing it. And I'm really upset about it. And secondly, you don't take care of orphans and you don't take care of widows. Over and over again, that's the Lord's complaint. You will seldom find the Lord complaining, uh-oh, you didn't keep the ten. You kept three or four, but you didn't keep ten. I'm really upset. You didn't take care of the poor. You didn't take care of the widows. You didn't take care of the, of the fatherless. And you, got, you, you cheat on your scales. Your weights aren't right. This is his complaint. And what did they do about such things as that? They neglected it. They neglected their covenant. Now, says this writer, how shall we escape if we do the same thing with respect to our salvation? Now, this word, if neglect, Here's what it means. Back to the lexicon again. You know, a lexicon, that's where you go find what these Greek words mean. You don't, they don't exactly have a dictionary. It's much more complicated than a dictionary. But this is where you go to find out what these words mean. And here's what he says. Here's what it says about this word neglect. It means not to think about. Do you ever find yourself going through a whole week or maybe weeks or months and you don't even think about it? That's what he means here by neglect. Or 
not to think about and thus not to respond appropriately to. To neglect, to disregard, to pay no attention to it. And then again, the lexicon uses Hebrews 2, 3 as its example. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Here's what I'm after today, especially during Lent. You know, this is a time when you're not supposed to be neglecting your salvation. Now, what do I mean? Folks, you've got to go to seven services a week. I think that's what we have. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, and two on Sunday. And then Pan-Orthodox Vespers on Sunday night. No. That's not necessarily involved in neglect. How often, how often do you consider your salvation? How often? Is it something that's on your mind continually? Can you go weeks and weeks without even thinking about it? Can you go through the whole day and it never once comes to your mind the word spoken by Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God? Look, folks, if the word spoken by angels was so sure, what about the word spoken by the Lord? Do you care? Or do you neglect? Do you know what happens to this priest very often? I can get so caught up in just being the priest that I neglect my salvation. That's not complicated. Just getting the bulletin insert printed. No, just getting the job done. It is so easy to simply neglect my salvation. What do you do in order to avoid neglecting your salvation? Well, number one, I think it's really important that at least sometime during your day, and particularly at the beginning of your day, you acknowledge God. It's just really important. You jump out of bed, and you hasten to get cleaned up, or read the paper, or eat, or do whatever. And you know, pretty soon the day's gone, and you say, you know, even sometimes you say, you know, I should have prayed today. You need some time during the day to pray. Isn't it true that sometimes even late at night you're you're going to bed, you're almost asleep, and you think, I should have prayed, but I'm too tired? And you can go days, and you never once even acknowledge God. Do you know what the least you can do? And it's also maybe the best. Do you know what you can do to not neglect your salvation? Number one, you listening? Number one, preferably in the morning, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. So powerful. Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. He that has my commandments and keeps them, that's the one who loves me. And he will be loved by my Father, and I will love him, and I will show myself to him. It is so easy to neglect your salvation in one measure, but one measure of it. To avoid that neglect is just to acknowledge God. Are you listening to me? I'm after minimums today. Just once during the day. Just once. I'm old enough to know that many people don't even do the once. And it's not because they're bad people. And it's not because they're trying to neglect it. It's simply because they have no discipline in their lives get so caught up in things that are important. Is it important to get your kids ready for school? Is it important that they look a quarter of the way decent to get them there? 
Is it important that you get to work on time? Is it important that you do your job well? Is it important that you improve those things that you do in your work? Of course those things are important. But the problem is it is so easy to neglect, not even think about something greater. You know what the greater is? The greater is your salvation. And you need to think about it. Now, please, please, if you think for a moment I'm talking about coming to more services, you, you dismiss me completely. Sometimes coming to more services actually has something to do with neglect. You know, sometimes we can actually come to services in order, you know, what we, we do it just simply to avoid. I don't even want to think about it, so in order not to think about it, you know, I'll, I'll go to this service and that'll solve the problem. No, that doesn't solve the problem. There's nothing against going to services, by the way. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm after something much more important. That in your day, you acknowledge God. Secondly, that you treat the people around you with dignity and respect. And in so doing, that you take care of those who have some form of need. That doesn't mean necessarily giving money, but sometimes it does. During Lent, we particularly emphasize taking care of the poor. Tomorrow night, I think it's at 6.30, we'll be at the Salvation Army. Don't we have a homeless feeding tomorrow night? Last, week, last time there were about 19 of us there. That's a good way. You know, just doing those things in your life that are so important... Husbands, I'm going to tell you something that's really good about not neglecting your salvation. Treat your wife with dignity and respect. Be gracious to her. Be kind to her. And wives, listen carefully. I'm quoting the Bible. It doesn't say love your husbands. It's a nice thing to do, okay? It's pleasant. It's far more important to respect. That's what St. Paul says. He says, husbands love your wives, but he says, wives respect your husbands. You ever get mad at your husband? You ever think he's a creep? My wife does. That's because sometimes he is. But still, your children. I never have betrayed a confession that I know of in my whole life. Ever. From adults, do you know what the number one confession I have heard in my whole life is? Listening to hundreds and hundreds of confessions. I got mad at my children. I got mad at my children. These are just the simple things. This doesn't have to do with going to church. It has to do with those things that Jesus said. You are my disciples. If you do what I command you, what did he command us? To love one another. What did he say? When you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven. I would say one more thing before I'm through today and not neglecting your salvation. Attempt during the day to try to relate the things you do some way or form to your responsibility to God. When you're at work, now most of you hate your job, isn't that right? 
My wife is one of the few people who doesn't, that I know who doesn't hate her job. Somebody asked her the other day about it last week, and she said, and I quote, I love my job. And I say to myself, she must be crazy. I mean, how can you love a job when you're around little brats running around all day long <laughs> who don't want to learn what they're supposed to No, they're nice. They're nice. But when you're at your job, part of not neglecting your salvation is giving the people you work for their full due. Wouldn't your life be so much simpler if you didn't criticize and condemn the people that you work for or the people who work for you? Wouldn't it be better? Doesn't your stomach get tied up in knots sometimes over relationships at work? This is just so simple. How shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Neglect, not even to think about it. That is to go through the, our lives and not pay attention to, not think about our salvation. If the word spoken by angels was so sure, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation which was spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by those who heard him. Do not neglect your salvation.